Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Amen. So we've been, uh, we've been looking here in the in the book of John, starting in there. We've been doing a series called, uh, but wait, there's more. Jeremiah's in the house. Man, good to see you, buddy. How's things going back there? Your mom told me that you're actually trying now in university, you know? And she said, it's amazing. You got perfect on some papers and things, which is really, isn't that awesome? You are a blessed guy. You've just been coasting, but you're amazing. And you steward the gift of who you are. You're a blessing to the nations. It's incredible who you are. So, so Kanisha and Kennard, it's your birthday today. Isn't that right? So, isn't that great? Is it anybody else's birthday today? Anybody else your birthday today? So we see, see some hands. It's your birthday today? Well, God bless you. Who else? There's somebody else. Sorry? Lorna just stepped out. It's Lorna's birthday. Did she step out because of that? You know, how many remember when we used to bring people up, stand on a chair and put a funny hat in their head? Anybody remember that? Who remembers that? It was my mom finally told me, stop doing that. I said, why? It's so, she says, there's people who intentionally don't come to church on their birthday because they're terrified you're going to embarrass them. I go, we're celebrating them. She says, stand on a chair and put on a goofy hat. That's not celebrating. It's embarrassing. So we stopped doing it. How many miss that, though? All right. Some people miss it. All right, Kanisha, Kennard, stand on your chairs. And if you want to, you don't have to stand on your chair. Just happy birthday, but, you know, just let me, Cody, let me have your hat there. You know, it's, it's a funny enough hat, you know, so, so. These guys, these guys are twins. They're twins. And I want you to know that this is their church. They let us come and they let me pastor here, but this is their church. But I bless you guys. You know, I was there when you were born and went in and your mom was like, what is going to happen to my life? And now I'm sure she's so blessed, you know, and but uh, what an honor for me to pastor you guys from day one to right now. And I'm very, very proud of you guys. Really? Yeah. So just stand there all service, all right? <laughs> hey, why don't you sing with me? All you folks, birthdays, Lorna, our friend here. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, every day of the year. May you feel Jesus near, a happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. It'll be the best year yet, the best yet. It'll be the best year yet, the best yet. It'll be the best year you've ever heard. Happy birthday. All right. But wait, there's more. I have to change that song because if it's the best year you've ever had after this year, it's all downhill, you know. But, so it's the best year yet because it's going to go from better to better to gooder to gooder. There's more. There's so much more. Come on. Wait, wait. There's more. So we want to read First John or just John 10, 10. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill only. He only comes. Whenever you got stealing, killing, destroying, disease, all that stuff, that's the devil. That's the devil. That's what it is right there. But I have come, and Jesus came, and he did come, and he came that you might have life and have it more, more abundantly, more abundantly. Okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, 32 says right there. It's on the screen right now. Now it's there. Now it's there. <laughs> it's just, he did not. Come on. He did not withhold his own son for you. Think about it. Oh, my goodness. Did he give his son for you? Yes. Like, think about that. Yeah, but what's he done for me lately? I mean, he might have given his son, but my life sucks right now. <laughs> he who gave his own son for you, how much more along with him will he not give you all things? Set your focus, set your mind, set your sight on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. So it doesn't say set your eyes on Jesus. It says set your eyes on things 
that are above. Where are those things? They're where Jesus is seated. Every single thing you see came from the unseen realm. Everything. Everything. So if you have something that you need to see in the unseen realm, or you see in the seen realm, you need to see it in the unseen realm first. And then you got to call it into manifestation. But everything, God wants to give you all things. But if you're just like, hello, I'd like some stuff, please. You know, if you set your mind on that, you know what? You are in a creative realm. When, when God saw chaos, the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over it, and then he spoke into the chaos, and things came into manifestation. The Spirit of God is hovering over your life, and if there's chaos in your life, speak to it. Call, in the name of Jesus, those things out of the heavenly realm. Call them, because the Spirit of God is hovering over your life. It's a creative force that is voice activated that will bring into manifestation things for you, things relationally, things things financially, things in every single way in your life, you are never ever a victim because you have a voice. You are never ever a victim because God has spoken things over you and promised you things and every one of them is yes and amen. He who gave his own son for you, how much more will he not along with him freely and graciously? That means freely, graciously means even if you don't deserve it, even if you're not worthy. He's going to freely and graciously give you all things. Because listen, he gave you a son when you weren't worthy. While you were yet a sinner, he pursued you, chased you down. No matter where you thought you were, you thought you were too far gone and couldn't be found. He found you, chased you down. You weren't smart enough to embrace him. You didn't know how lost you were, but he did. And he pursued you to the very end and brought you into his kingdom. You know, and he who did that for you, how much more along with him will we not freely and graciously give you all other things. Come on, say amen to that because you can't. Amen. amen. You might think, this pastor, what's wrong with him? He's just so needy and wants affirmation all the time. Amen, amen. Woo, woo. Give it up for the pastor. Woo. It's not even about that. I want you to do that because that's how you eat and drink the word of God. When you say that, you're saying gulp, gulp. When you say that, you're saying, you know what I say to that verse? Amen, yum, yum, I'll have some. And that means I'm taking it in. I'm pressing it into my spirit. And so say amen. And I don't need to say amen for me because I don't care. I already know he thinks I'm awesome. It's true. It's absolutely true. I don't just have one sign that God loves you, but I'm his favorite. I don't have just one of them. I have two. Two. Each side of the desk. I turn around. You're his favorite. You're his favorite. It's awesome. And you should feel that about you. You know what? About yourself, because he loves you. He loves you. He'd die for you even if there's just one of you. He would just give himself for you, and he's nuts about you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you got to trust him. you got to believe him. He's ready to do stuff. And when you read the book of Ezra, it says they were reading the word of God. The, the people hadn't heard the word of God. They were just reading the word of God. And it says, and the people said, amen, amen. And you see, when the word of God is read, saying amen is saying, I receive it. I take it in. I push it down in my heart. It's going to bear fruit. That's good. It's intentional. It really is intentional. It's intentional stuff. Deuteronomy 9, 1 to 3. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today. Hear, O Impact Church, you are to cross over today into the fullness that I have for you. I want you to go dispossess nations that are smaller and easy for you to conquer. Just walk in. It's all there. Just show up and it'll be easy peasy, says the Lord. He said, I'm going to send you to people that are mightier than yourselves. I'm going to send you to cities. The walls are fortified. The walls are as high as the heaven. I'm going to send you to a people that are great and tall. The king of Bashan was 14 feet tall. Taking you out, fella. 14 feet tall. Who can stand before the descendants of Anak? You've heard that said. Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God, he goes over before you. He's a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. You shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. 
I know we read that. It sounds like, man, what are we supposed to go? Go kill a bunch of people? What's that all about? No, you see the Old Testament, there's a lot of stuff went on there. God was interacting with the people back then, trying to speak. It says God was trying to talk to them. It says, but when God finally communicated, he sent Jesus. So Jesus is the finished word. But I tell you, there's a spiritual enemy. There's a In the cosmos, there's a massive struggle that was going on before the creation of the world. And God created the world and put you in it because he said, I want partners in this work that I'm going to do where I'm going to bring the whole cosmos, the whole universe under the, the, the sway and back under control. And he said, I'm going to create mankind. I'm going to create sons and daughters. And the whole earth, all of creation is groaning for a manifestation of the sons of God. And see, we're called to do something powerful and something mighty. You know, God just didn't, he didn't just die to get you out of your sin. He died so that you get into your rightful places, reigning and ruling in the kingdom of God. And he's looking for partners today that aren't just trying to live a good life, but they realize their partnership, not just with the affairs of earth, but with the cosmos, that we are battling against spiritual things in high places that tear those things down and bring the kingdom of God into manifestation. And it may seem greater. It may seem mightier. It may seem, man, it's dark out there. It's hard out there. I'm telling you, they may look like it's mightier. They may look 14 feet tall. It may look difficult. But I tell you, God is going before us. And God is going to cause the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth, the knowledge of it as the waters cover the sea. And that's what we're about here. It's not just trying to get a few people saved and in a room and happy. We are literally partnering with God in his eternal purposes in the earth. Eternal purposes. Things that he decided in his heart before the foundation of the world, he's called you into partnership with. So please get involved. And please, don't get sidetracked with nonsense. So please understand that you have a noble purpose. You have a noble call. The government that you're connected with is the government over the whole cosmos. Your role and your place in society today, it's a big deal. Don't wait until, you know, I finally feel like a king. You are a king. Don't wait to behave like one someday in the sweet by and by. Do it right now. Put yourself in your destiny right now. You are reigning and ruling over the affairs of life. Look in the mirror. How does it look? It should look pretty awesome. And you should walk out every day saying, I am more than a conqueror. I am a child of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I dig deeply the wells of the word of God. They blow up and explode in my life every day. I manifest the love of God and the grace of kingdom every day, everywhere I go. And my whole life is completely ordered around who I am. And I do it on purpose and I do it with great intention. Are you folks okay today? All right, good, good, good. Come on, they're mightier than us. They're bigger than us. The cities are walled. Let's go get it. You know, whatever you say about it right now is true. If you say it's too much and you can't do it, you're right. But if you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you're right. So get on the right side of the 12 spies. Be the ones who say, come on, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Second Kings 4, 1 to 7, you had a woman there. Was a, she was the widow of a prophet. And that prophet died. And he died. And there was debts. And it says that the creditors were coming to take her two sons. You know, and the creditors have been coming trying to take the prophetic and the apostolic out of the church today, coming trying to take away that authority and that power, trying to take away those, those offices that are going to bring the church into incredible maturity and power. But I'll tell you, when you, she cried out to God, she said, man, I tell you, they're going to take my sons, they're going to take everything. And he said, what do you got in the house? And she said, I got nothing. He said, think again. She said, oh. I got that horn. I got that, that, that vehicle that my husband used to use. He'd fill it with oil. So I, I have an asuk. And asuk means I have the anointing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have an asuk. Don't ever say you have nothing. I don't care what's coming against you or who's knocking on your door. Don't ever say I'm nothing against this. Because you know what? You are a living, walking embodiment of the anointed one. You are a living, walking manifestation of heaven on earth. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes. You're powerful no matter what is coming against you. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So we got to believe that, know that. We got to walk in that. So she said, he said, tell you what, you got an anointing that's awesome. Here's what you need to do. Go get empty vessels. I want you to go get all kinds of empty vessels. Empty vessels. I want you to get people that are broken down, beat up, in debt, discontented, frustrated. 
demobilized, discouraged, diseased, and infected. I want you to get people that are busted up, broken, empty, hopeless, messed up, got nothing going on. I thought it was vessels. Well, I'm just messing with it. There's people out there, life has beat the snot out of them. And God wants us to go get them, fill the house with them, and we're going to pour the anointing of God into people. And the enemy's not going to steal anymore. We're going to see a generation of ascension ministries and apostles and prophets who are going to go touch the nations of the world. Is that what we're doing? Wow, I've been doing other stuff. I had no idea we were that important. You know, you can, you can get turned and distracted into all kinds of stuff if you forget who you are. You forget what you're called to do. You know, don't get distracted. The enemy, this year's been one massive year of the enemy trying to distract me with nonsense. I just won't have it. Won't have it. Amen. My mom always said, the more nonsense he attacks you with, it's greater the call on your life, Carl. I'm telling you. If the devil's after you, it's because God's got good stuff for you. I said, stop it, mom. Stop it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But she took that oil. She shut the door. Shut, shut the door. Shut the door to the nonsense, the attacks of the enemy, the voices of others. Shut the door. Shut it. Get in there and begin to pour. She poured until every single vessel was full to the brim. And then he said, look, bang, there you go. Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. You and your sons. It's a word in the Septuagint. They use the word oikos, which means the community. So it could be that she redeemed a whole community. Her faith to do that, a whole community was blessed, and a whole community lived on the blessing because of what she was willing to do. What I'm trying to say is that the, there was capacity for her miracle, and the capacity was determined by how many vessels she was willing to go collect, you know? Hey, you got any empty vessels? Ooh, what are you doing? I'm just, uh, just going to perform a miracle in my home. I'm going to fill them with oil. From where? From this little pot. Are you joking? Yeah, I need empty vessels. Not a few. And she had to go to all her neighbors knocking on her. You got any empty vessels, any empty water pots? I need big ones. And she went, she filled her house. Can you see the house just full? You can barely move, you know? She filled her house. Fill your house with some, fill your house with expectation. Fill it, fill it. So she filled her house with expectation and the, the oil ceased at the capacity of what she had created. Say capacity. Capacity. All right, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward and even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Zeal, zeal of the Lord. Zeal of the Lord is always a type of the Holy Spirit. So who's going to perform it? The Holy Spirit is going to perform it and bring it into manifestation. God is going to increase. Say increase. Increase, increase forever. What does that mean? It means forever. It means right now. It means increase right now. We're good enough. We're just coasting. Thank God for the finished work of the cross. Let's just revel in that. Let's just hang out. And then Jesus, get us out of this mess. You see, every day, every single day, there's new mercies. Every day, there's new blessings. Every day, there's new downloads from the throne of God. Every day, there is more. Every day. Every day. And God is always on the increase. He's always on the move. There's no end to it, even forevermore. Ephesians 3.20. One of my favorite verses. I love the book of Ephesians. Now, unto him who in consequence the action of his power, that is at work within us, he is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. But you do have to ask. You do have to dream. You do have to believe. What are you dreaming about? What are you desiring? Because you see, you're dreams and your desires are like those empty pots. And if your dreams are just, well, just want to see this little bucket filled right here. You know, God is God Almighty, God all-powerful, and God is on the move and he always wants to increase, but the ability for him to increase in the earth is limited by how many pots can you gather? How big can you dream? Where are your desires? Where's your passion? Well, thank God he's blessed me enough just to play and enjoy myself right now. And I'll thank God for it every day. But you mean I got to push for more? Yes. Why would, you, why would you limit yourself to what the blessing could be in this temporal realm when this life is just a vapor? You are sowing for eternal function, eternal placement, and eternal purpose. And it's a big deal. Be wacky blessed today. Be super abundantly blessed today. But also know that you're sowing into eternal things. Amen. Amen. How are you? Are you guys okay? Yeah. 
All right, good, good, good. All right, Isaiah 54, 2 to 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of the dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Who's that to? I don't know, but I like it. That's us. That's the, the people of God. That's our call is to enlarge, to stretch, to dig deep, to put our stakes down, to prepare for increase. Whoa, what's the capacity? I want to go to your party tonight, Pastor. How many people can you fit in the car? Well, I can only fit five, and I got five now, so you can't come. See, capacity. I mean, how many can we get in? That's what we were doing with Saturday night and Sunday. Why are we doing that? Capacity. You know what the biggest problem was? Parking. And I don't know about you, but if I can't quickly get a parking spot, I'm going to another restaurant. I hated going to the keg downtown because of the stupid parking rules there. So I was really glad when they made a new keg up in the north end because I can go to that one and the parking is easy, access is easy. And I wouldn't go to the one downtown just because the parking was annoying. And if I can't find a quick spot, a spot that I like, I will move on to the next door. And you know what? It's proven that that's true. And you know what, if I came to this church, the parking lot was full, they're parking down there, they're parking over there, and it's snowing, and there's cars all down the road, I'm just going to keep going. And that's what happens. You go, oh, fickle people. Well, people are fickle. You know, so we've divided it up because we want more. We want to we wanna change our capacity, so let's fill up two services instead of annoying people with just one. Amen. Well, that's, that's what we're doing. So that's what that's all about. Second Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Second Peter 3, 18, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ your Savior. To him be glory both now and forevermore. Jesus grew in grace and in favor with God and man. Grow it. Grow it. I got it. I got the revelation. Well, grow it. Get more. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more for us. There's more. I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to enlarge my capacity as a pastor. I'm trying to enlarge my, I'm trying to lift the lid on who I am as a leader because I believe there's more for us as a people. Amen. The amen should keep coming a little stronger. All right. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it be put into your bosom? Bosom. Say bosom. All right, but listen to this now. For... With the same measure you use it, it'll be measured back to you. Lord's going to bless me. Hallelujah. Well, you read the fine print. It says that his capacity to bless you is dependent on the capacity that you use to measure it out. So if you're blessing little teaspoons out with people, bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Bless you. Glory to Jesus. Oh, bless you. God's going, bless you. Bless you. But if you've got a big, massive bucket, you're going, bless you. God's going, bless you. The word of the Lord is red letters. Jesus. Jesus said, you know what? The measure you measure it out is the measure. It's coming back to you. Amen. Get sloppy generous because that's the nature of your heavenly father. In everything that you do, get sloppy generous. Get rid of selfishness in your life in every way. Capacity. Say capacity. Capacity. The maximum amount that something can contain. The ability or the power to do, experience, or understand something. Capacity. What's your capacity? It says grow in knowledge. Grow in understanding. Enlarge your capacity. I love Hebrews because it says he's given you everything you need. Every blessing in spiritual places. He's given you everything. Then he says he's given you all knowledge, all revelation. Then he says he's given you all power. But then his prayer is, I pray that you would understand what he's given you. And then I pray that you would appropriate the power that's already yours. It's not that God is ever holding out on you. It's not that you have less. But it is this. It's capacity. You know, you have a lot to do with how big the flow of God is in and through your life. Let me show you a picture. Right here, see those? Those are hoses. Now, I got a swimming pool. Now, do I want to empty my swimming pool with the hose on the left or with the hose on the right? If I use the hose on my left, it'll take until next season to get the water out. But I use the hose on the right. And what's the difference? Capacity. Now, listen to me. Are you, are you a little left hoser? Are you a big right hoser? All we Canadian hosers. Like, what are you in the spirit? Are you? We're looking for big hosers. 
We're not looking for little hosers. Amen? Don't be a little hoser. Be a big hoser. Be somebody who, you know, when I run into them, I encounter the big, massive, copious, incredible, massive amounts of God. So don't be a little hoser. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a little hoser. Be a big hoser. Be a big hoser. All right, capacity. Let me, let me show you something else, all right? Got another picture there. All right, are you ready? This is intense now. Watch this, pay attention. I now have this plugged into this extension cord, which is plugged into that plug right there. And then I have another plug, it's in, and then it comes to this lamp, it comes to this little fixture. And watch this. Pretty awesome. Now, that plug goes all the way up that wall, goes back to that breaker panel, and then it goes up to a 400-amp, 400-amp panel upstairs. Wires go out to the street, and then wires go to transformers and capacitors and different stations, and all of Niagara Falls is flowing right through this plug right here. And we're getting, all of Niagara Falls, you think, would produce a little more light than that. But see, we're only getting that much light because, oh, that's okay, it's an LED bulb. It doesn't give off any heat. <laughs> you thought it was a miracle, didn't you? So that's pretty awesome, right? I just turned the light off. Did the power stop flowing? I turned it off. Did the power stop flowing? Is God holding out on us? Is God still? Did he pour out his spirit? Yes. Is he still increasing and, and does he still have a desire towards us to go from increase to increase and more and more? God is absolutely committed to you. I want you to know how big the power of God that's at work within you. But how much are we letting out? Because you know what? It's all about, it's all about capacity. Is this you? Or is this you? Everybody dance now. Hey! You know something? Every single one of us have the same access to all the power of the kingdom of God. Every one of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same power. Jesus wasn't just a dead man. Jesus was dead, and what killed him was all the sins of mankind. The sin of every pedophile, every liar, every dog, every cheater. The sin of the whole world, past, present, every maniac murder, every crazy lunatic. The sin of the whole world was put on that body. And the same power that raised that body dwells in you. Man, God's not holding out on you. Hey, let's have a get God out of heaven conference. Hey, God, please come out of heaven. Please, we need help down here. How offensive is that to a God who has blessed you with every blessing in heavenly places? There's a song coming back from heaven. I already did. Stop it. We resist that because we're really enjoying pleading and begging to get you out of heaven. Please, please come. Oh, I love that song. Have you heard the new please, please come song? Please, please come. Man, God's patient with us, isn't he? What more could I do for you? I gave you my son. I gave you everything you need for every other thing you have need of. And we're begging like, if you just show up, we could change the world. It's a bunch of soulish nonsense. And it's diabolical because the enemy would love to keep us in little rooms blessing ourselves. Oh, didn't you like that Please Come song? Oh, so good. And all the angels are like, what's wrong with them? The angels who respond to the voice of his word. God is in this place. He's a mighty God in this place right now. He's a strong deliverer. 
He is mighty and powerful. And his name at his name, his name is above every other name. And when we use his name, all of darkness flees and everything, hell itself, trembles. And all of the armies of heaven are activated when we exalt him and we lift up the king of glory. When you keep on pleading with this nonsense, you are saying, I'm a low-capacity individual. Wow, pastor, that was so encouraging. Well, we don't want to do that. But you know, if we're going to get a breakthrough, somebody's got to speak to us. Somebody's got to say, let's change our capacity. Because it's not God holding out on us. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. The Genesis chapter 15, 5 to 6. It says, then he brought him outside. Say outside. So you know, here you got, you got Abraham, and Abraham, you know, he's, he's in his pup tent, and he's kind of miserable, and God goes, Abraham, it's me, it's me, your God, your strong tower, your refuge, it's me, your delight, your glory, he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. What's the matter? Where's the promise? Where's the breakthrough in my life? Man, I already told you, oh, what's wrong with you? And he said, look, and he said, come out of your pup tent, get out of there. See, some of you right now are in the pup tent of your own miserable experience, and you don't see a great big God who has promises for you. But today, say, I'm coming out. The Lord took him outside, brought him out, brought him outside. I love that word brought. He didn't say, please come outside. He brought him out. He brought him out, and he said, look now toward the heaven. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed him. And it says, because Abraham believed, it was credited to him as righteousness. See, we're a faith people. We're the faith Abraham people. We believe it's by faith we have access in the grace we now stand. So it's faith. You get the righteousness of God because of faith. That is it. Faith alone gives you access to the grace of God. But listen, he said, come and look outside. And it was an amazing, incredible starry night. How many know that? It was an amazing starry night. Out there in the fields somewhere you know, near Israel there, there's Abraham, and he's, he's looking at the stars. going, oh, thank you for showing me that. That is so awesome. A beautiful starry night. No streetlights, no nothing. He could just see all the stars. That's your sons. Is that what happened, Pastor? Not at all. Because when he said, look at the stars, it was during broad daylight. Well, how do you know that? Because I read the rest of the Bible. I read the rest of chapter 15. Look at it. It says, here it is, chapter 15. At the start, he's talking to him, come out of your tent. And he talks to him, and he says, look at the scars. And he's looking at the sky. And then he said, what I want you to do now is I want you to take some animals. I want you to cut them, and I want you to arrange them in halves. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a covenant with you. And I'm going to take both sides of the covenant. And I'm promising you what I told you about the stars that's going to happen. But after he did that and set up all the sacrifices, then it said, now, when the sun was going down. So what does that tell us about when he bought him out of his pup tent? It was the middle of the day. Go down through the verses. I think verse 15 or 17 says, Now, as it started to get dark, he fell into a deep sleep. All on the same day, folks. So what did Abraham look at? He looked at this. Pulled him out of his tent. He said, look at the stars. Go ahead. Everybody, look right now. Look at the stars. Well, I don't know if he knew that the sun was a star back then. Not sure how, I don't think Galileo was around back then. But anyway, not sure what he thought about the sun. But we know the sun is a star. But look at the other stars. Can you see them? What God said is, I want you to look at what you can't see. I want you to look at what you can't see. I want you to look at the stars. Well, pretty hard like in broad daylight like this. Look at the stars. I want you to look at your health. I want you to look at your breakthrough. I want to look, look at your finances. Well, it looks pretty bad right now. No, no, look again. See, because faith calls those things that are not as though they were. He believed God in the middle of a sunny day that I have descendants out there. What do you see? I'll give you another verse. Joshua. Joshua. Jesus, Lord God. Get this in people's hearts. And the Lord said to Joshua, he said, see? A little bit of grammar. A little bit of grammar. Everybody ready for some grammar? And the Lord said to Joshua, and the, the C has an exclamation mark after it, which means it stands alone. And we've got a capital on the I. And there's I. So he, right away, he just says, stand alone. See? I'm about 
to make you this new leader of these amazing people, and you're about to possess their inheritance. And to do this, I need you to see. I need you to see. What do you see? So he said, see. And the exclamation mark isn't at the end of the sentence. It's right at see. Because straight up he said, see. I have given you Jericho. And where is he? He's standing there. He's standing there overlooking Jericho on, on a cliff on a mountain. And he's standing there. He's thinking, God, how are we going to do this? And all of a sudden, this man shows up with a sword. And he's like, pulls out his sword and says, are you for us or against us? And the man said, neither. I'm here to take over. And he said, oh. And then he realized he's seeing a theophany. He's seeing a, a, a pre-incarnate Christ standing right in front of him. And he's like, oh, my goodness. And the Lord said, I want you to see something. He said, look at Jericho. See? I have given you Jericho. Oh, looks pretty tough. It's still walled up and everything. There's like six chariots can ride around those walls. Pretty big city. And uh, like, are you going to do something there? Because I'm looking. But see, you don't see an impossible situation. See a God who has made you more than a conqueror in every circumstance. See you as a person who is condemned to victory on every side. See you that in every circumstance there is a word that God has given you and his word never returns void. It'll accomplish that for which he sent it. And he said, see, I have given you. Now, he, Jericho was still standing. He still had to cross the Jordan at flood stage. He still had to perform a miracle and cross over the Jordan, bring all the people over, and then a crazy plan of walking around it seven times. He still had to do all of that before the walls fall down. But you won't do that if you don't have the confidence that it's already mine. And you got to know that it's all yours. You got you to, with your sight, with your mind, with your imagination, you've got to see that God has finished that work for you. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? All right, so let's go. Zig Ziglar, one of my favorite guys, I met Zig, took some of his courses, but he said, no individual can rise higher than the pictures they have painted in their minds. And if you see yourself as an impoverished, diseased, frustrated person for the rest of your life, you're right. You cannot rise above the pictures in your own mind. And we got to raise a bigger picture. What do you see? What do you see for this church you go to? What do you see for this place you attend? What do you see for us as a people? Well, you know, it's been 28 years, Pastor, and look at you. You're just getting older. And every four or five years, you get all excited again. And, whoa, we're going to do some stuff. Whoa, and you get all excited. And we watch after three or four months, it all peters back out to where we're just struggling to get through. So you're going to get us all excited again, whoopee-doo. I'm in. I'm all in. You all in? I'm all in. You know what? I see a bunch of people out there that need Jesus. They need the grace of God. They need the goodness of God. It's time. Well, what could God do with the people who really believe that even a community this big, we could change the world? What could God do with a group of people totally sold out to his purposes? What could he do? All right. Psycho-cybernetics, ideas and actions contrary to a person's belief system will be rejected and not acted upon. You got to believe. You got to see. You got to believe God's doing something great. Are you ready? I'm ready to preach now. I found a text. I got an eight-point sermon. We're going to go through it really fast. It's not even funny. It's the truth. Okay. I want to take you back where Zach had us. We were at the shores of Galilee, and you had a guy named Peter. And this is, we're going to do a, a prequel. Last week was the sequel. So this is the prequel. And then next week, we're going to pick up where we are, and we're going to do a prequel to the sequel prequel. <laughs> and we're going to talk about fruit and how to bear fruit. But real quick, you ready? Boom. Here it goes. Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11. There's Peter, and he's there. He's been fishing all night, and has usually caught nothing. He caught nothing. He's there on the shore. He's cleaning his nest. Jesus comes down, and Jesus is just about to call his followers. He's just about to call the people that are going to follow him. And he calls the people, and he says, look, I want people that are going to share my purpose. I'm looking for an invasion force. I'm looking for people. He taught, and he did a miracle to change their mindsets, to change their minds. So we're going to look at that real fast just to give you some things that you can do in your week to bring your capacity to a bigger spot, all right? And we're going to go through it really fast. You ready? Number one. 
Number one, first of all, he found people washing their nets. So here's fishermen washing their nets. He's about to perform a miracle that is going to be the most amazing catch of fish ever. And so who's he going to look for? He's going to look for people that have expectation. What are you expecting right now? What are you believing for? God is looking for people with capacity today. So Jesus looked for people that were washing and mending and stretching their nets. Get the junk out of your nets, mend your nets, and to stretch them, they would oil them and pull them. And so there was a group of people getting ready for something. So they'd fished all night. They're going to go through the drive through at McDonald's, get a couple of biscuits and a coffee, and they're going to go home and go to bed, and they're going to try it again tonight. But this guy shows up, and the second thing is, here's the second thing right here, participation. He said, hey guys, can I borrow your boat and push out a little? Say a little. You know, sometimes God calls you to do a little. I know people say, I'm going to do great things for God. Well, could you just do a little? Could you show up early and could you put out a parking sign? Could you show up early and could you be a greeter, be an usher? Well, I, God's got great call on my life. Well, the call on my life started with cleaning the toilets and cutting the grass. You know, God says, when you're faithful a little, I'll give you more. But here, these guys, they were willing to get involved a little. Hey, you want to use my boat for what? Oh, you just want to push out a bit? You want to preach from? Hey, sure, I'll push it out here. There you go. They got involved. Participation. First, let me be the captain of a little. David Youngie Cho, biggest church in the world. He said, God never works anything independently of you that concerns your life. What does that mean? God will never bypass you. You are involved. You have to participate. Do the little things well. Don't be a mean, grumpy individual. Don't be a gossip. Don't be a swine. Get the little inner world dealt with. God's not going to place you somewhere big if you haven't dealt with the individual. Deal with the stuff in your life that the Holy Spirit's pointing out. Hey, that was awesome. Pastor, God will use a donkey. Yes, he has used donkeys, but it's not his preferred operation. Just because he's used morons before doesn't mean you need to be one. How many people has he poured the spirit on, put them in ministry, and then because they did not deal with their moronic nature, later on in ministry, they fell and blew up their ministry, and everyone went, nah, 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 that's another Christian. Deal with things. Hey, that was meddling right there. Was that meddling right there? All right, you first, Pastor. Okay. Number three, we're going fast, impartation. He was preaching, he was teaching while they're mending their nets. They're listening to this guy talk, and he's talking about a 30, 60, 100-fold increase. Do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to bear much fruit? Do you want to bear more fruit? Do you want to bear fruit that remains? And he talked about the seed and the sower, and we know that because in Mark 4 says that's what he taught from the boat. So there was a word spoken to them, a word creatively being written in their hearts. They're listening as they're mending. They're going, man, this guy's painting a picture of something preferred. Number four. Forget the past. I caught nothing. I was out all night last night. Caught nothing. Caught nothing. You got to forget the past. How many have screwed up once in their life? How many have screwed up 20 times in your life? How many just can't put your hand up? <laughs> hands up, baby, hands up. Give me the truth. Give me, give me the... Bam, right there. Number four, forget the past. You know, don't worry. Number five, spirit of faith. We toiled exhaustingly last night, yet... You know what? I'm willing to do more. God's ability checks in where you have done the difficult part. When you do the difficult work, the supernatural will be engaged. There's a lot of people who want the supernatural to come, but you're not willing to do the man-sized job. I labor under weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy that he so mightily enkindles in me. It's a partnership. You got to give some, all right? And you got to have that spirit of faith where you're going to activate, you're going to get engaged. Number six, number six, alignment. I had obedience. You probably got obedience in your notes, but that word's been so messed up, I didn't want to use it. It is obedience, but it's, it's not obedience to get God's favor. It's the obedience of God himself. It says that take captive every thought, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and bring it in captivity to the obedience of Christ. Not the obedience of you, but the obedience of Christ. And I step into the obedience of Christ. That's why I wanted to use the word alignment, because you know, when you get the word, a rhema word, I'm going to align myself with the word God spoke. I don't care what my circumstances are. I don't care if it's a bright, sunny day, I see stars. And you got to align yourself, even if it's unconventional, with the word of the Lord. Here's, here's Jesus, and Peter's like, you're a carpenter. I mean, you make tables and chairs. <laughs> I mean, come on. We know you don't fish during the day in the Galilee. The fish all kind of disappear, go sleep, hibernate somewhere. You fish during the night. And what you're telling me to do is stupid. Yet at your word. Because when you were speaking, 
Something affected me. And I'm actually willing to do something really unconventional because your word touched my heart. And it wasn't just a logos. It was a rhema, spirit, quick. Because every word that God speaks, all that word also has the power to perform. It says, Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. And you see, the angel said, there is no word from heaven that I come with, no word from God that is not also, the word also contains the power to perform it. And when you get a word from God, you are set up for absolute success. Even if it's crazy or unconditional, living in the supernatural means that you often have to operate in ways that violate natural laws. Number seven, experience. Oh, I love this. You see, when you'll do this, you'll step into experience. The experience was net-breaking increase. How many times have you seen Peter fishing in the Bible? Several times. How many times did Peter say, I caught Nothing. He was really consistent. But right here, supernatural boat sinking, net breaking, increase because he honored the word of the Lord. The will of God for you is boat sinking, net breaking, increase. Not just enough for you, but enough for others. God doesn't want to just bless you a bit. He wants it to overflow the banks of your life so that everybody around you is blessed. You are a magnet of all heavenly things. And that's what he wants. And you're going to have an experience of daily unexplainable living. Daily unexplainable living. Man, I can't believe that, you know? Like that Tim Olmstead guy. I mean, 26 years old, three daughters, his own business. I mean, just renovated a house, sold all kinds of stuff, prospering, doing great things for God, opportunities all over the place. 26 years old. I can't get my head around that. And, and tall and handsome and can hit a golf ball better than the pastor. Can't even get my head around that. Most people can, but anyways, and compared to me, most people are tall and handsome. Not much of a comparison. But I tell you, you're amazing. You are amazing. You are incredible. You are blessed. You are called to an unexplainable life that people are just going to say, you don't even have to preach or say a word. People are going to say, dude, take me to your leader. Your life is unexplainable. It's just incredible. Is it? It absolutely is. You just got to live on your street and everybody will see like, there's a glow over that house. I don't know what it is, but I want some. You crazy person, you. Number eight, say eight. Say eight is great. Thank you. Dependence. He forsook all and he followed him. Biggest catch in my life. I mean, right here, I could pay off the business, the mortgage, the whole thing. I mean, I'm set up for business. I mean, woo, I could can a lot of tuna today. Holy moly, I am blessed. Look at this. This is amazing. But he said, you know what? You guys, you can have it. I'm going to follow the guy who says, let there be. I'm going to follow the guy who every day is a miracle. I'm going to follow the guy who doesn't operate out of the natural, but the natural is affected by his supernatural insight into what's going on. I'm going to follow a guy who takes five loaves and two fish and says, feed the multitude. Hey. 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 Come on, stand up with me. There's more. There's so much more. I just pray. I don't want to shine that light in your face one more time. But I just pray that you would really, really get that God's not holding out on you. That God's, God's not, I'm not, I've got to jump through 10 more hoops just to get God to be kind to me. God is kindly disposed to you. God loves you. You know what? God just doesn't want to just bless your life. He wants to make you a hoser, a big hoser. He wants to make you somebody that the goodness and kindness of God and the kingdom can flow through. God has chosen to limit himself to working with us. Plan A is church. Plan A is the body of Christ. Plan A is I'm going to change the world and I'm going to bring all things subject and under the headship of Christ through these people right here. That's the plan. He's committed to it. He's not going to change his mind because he believes in us. He believes in you. I tell you, there's nothing can stand in the way of you. Nothing can stand in the way of you. I am so mighty in God. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. And I just pray that you would lift your lens. I pray that you would see. Do you need a better job? See it. Do 
you need you need a breakthrough in your family you need a break see it you need you just got a passion to see your block i mean ramey is the chaplain of his street ramey it's his street ramey says this is my street taking responsibility everybody knows ramey is the man of god on our street ramey says this is my street and i'm responsible for my street take responsibility for where you are what's going on you know you have the ability you have the power in you to change everything but it's really determined by what capacity you're willing to release the power of god in your life and so i want you to be big i want you to be big hosers big 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 so just bow your heads all the believers you're praying everybody's praying jesus everybody's praying <laughs> Maybe you're here today, you came in and these funny folks, you saw a billboard or somebody invited you. But I want you to know that God loves you. He's for you. I want you to know your sins are forgiven. I want you to know that you've been totally set free. And I want you to know that he welcomes you into his family. And he says, come, come on home. You know, if you've never known what it is to be a child of God, to be a son of the heavenly father, to access all that it is to be a child of God, you've, you've not known what it is to, to experience the fact that your sins are forgiven, but you want to today, I want to pray for you before you go. I want to welcome you home. If you, for the first time, you say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that's you, I'm going to say, look, just want to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And at three, you just put your hand up really high. And together, we're all going to pray. But it's you. And you want to come home. You want to say, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. It's you. You ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up right now. Lift it high enough so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just, just put your hand up high enough so I can see it. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to pray right now. So you pray. Lift up your voice out loud. You pray. We're all going to pray with you. Here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving yourself for me. Thank you for reconciling me to the Father. I declare and I accept that I am forgiven, that I am healed, and I am free. Come into my life. Fill me with the Spirit. I thank you that right now I'm born from above and I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. That was really awesome stuff right there. Can I get the people here on ministry teams, prayer teams, can you come on up and fill the front? A lot of really good prayer time last night and ministry with people. And, and people are here today to serve at the altar, to pray for you, to minister to you. And if you had your hand up and somebody might come talk to you and say, hey, we want you to unpack the full privilege of being a child of God. But it's such a great thing to get prayer. Have you been to the altar lately? Have you? And I tell you, it's a good thing to come and get prayer and get ministry. And somebody could have a word for you. you we've had ears healed, deafness healed, lives touched, you know, destiny, wisdom, things that have really helped people move forward. But there's prayer for you today. I'm not going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray as we've celebrated you and enjoyed you. I pray, Lord, the, the word as we've ministered the word. I pray the spirit of what you want to say to us as a body would have found hearts and sunk deep in our hearts. And I pray that that word would just grow and bear fruit for your honor and for your glory. So I bless this house today. Bless our families tonight as they have a hallelujah party, as they enjoy time together in fellowship. Forge hearts, bring people together, make unique relationships, and, and cause the kids just to have a blast in you. And we just bless that greeting tonight. So in the name of the Father, the beautiful, wonderful Father, in the name of Jesus, our incredible joint heir, the Son of God, in the name of the Holy Ghost, your partner, your live-in Godhead who's right with you, go manifest the kingdom. Go disturb the kingdom of darkness. Go and minister the grace and goodness of God in Jesus' name. Amen.